Hey there, this is Coach AA, and welcome to the number 22nd edition. The three things for today, the most impactful hour in my week as it pertains to health and fitness. The second thing, three quotes that caught my attention and I like to spend significant amount of time on and the final thing how can you get to carving out an hour a day that you can put towards your health and fitness all right let's get going the most important hour of my week is it's going to happen in a few hours from now is planning my menu for the rest of the week. I'm not someone with infinite discipline or willpower or, yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody with a bigger uh, sweet tooth uh, than me. The good thing, I'm fine eating the same thing for an extended period of time. Like, I've been having scrambled eggs for the past four or five months, I want to say, for lunch, five days a week. But sooner or later, I'll get tired of eggs and I'll go a month without eggs. But most importantly, I lose the plot towards the end of the day or towards the end of the week if I'm having a good week. Why? Well, you know, it's just fatigue, it's cumulative stress, it's... Uh, but it's mostly decision fatigue. You say no to so many things or you take so many decisions that when it comes to one more decision and then at the same time your cravings peak in, it's just sometimes so hard and you give in. It's human nature. It happens. At least it happens to me quite a lot. Now, I kind of sort of knew the right answer. Um, that's one of the gifts slash curses of uh, doing this as your career as well, I guess. So I knew the right answer. The right answer involved me being a lot more structured. But knowing the right answer and doing the right answer, oh, yeah, I struggled with it just like some of you do. So I knew I needed to order less and I needed to eat at home a lot more but you know losing track of work-life balance ending my work day rather late just left very little time and energy to cook not that I'm any good at cooking but you know I help uh, my wife at least in the prep work the lockdown snapped us both out of this routine of ordering in, of working till the 7.30 mark. And instead, we used the constraint and said, you know what, let's try and cook every day. And that's where it started. So simple. And maybe a lot of you already do your cooking daily and that's awesome. That's a big tool in your toolbox that you're taking for granted that a lot of us don't do so well. 
So every Sunday, sometime after lunch, um, don't do it when you're hungry. Just like don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Sometime after lunch, we sit down and we plan until next Sunday or sometimes preferably next Monday. And then we take stock of what's in our refrigerator. And then we plan out what we need to order and we order the groceries right after the meal planning. Now this streamlines a whole lot of things. What's the prep work to be done? Where are we ordering from? Because two dinners, um, specifically Thursday, something in the middle of the week, and one of the weekends we order in. Where are we ordering from also, preferably goes in on the whiteboard. So we write all of this on the whiteboard. Lunch, about four or five days of the week, scrambled eggs and toast. The other two days, it's uh, tossed mixed green salad with whatever vegetables I can get my hands on. And dinner varies. A um, couple of days, it's reasonably simple. Say the, uh, dosa and uh, paneer burji and uh, uh, vegetables too. Um, one day it'll be say roti, paneer and say vendaka, okra. And once a week we try to make some Asian stuff and then there's zoodles, there's mash. Yeah, just a bunch of things that we uh, vary. It's not the same menu every week. It overlaps, but we have about 20 things on our uh, dinner menu that we kind of rotate. And my wife's actually a great cook, even though uh, uh, she says she's just playing around. Um, she'll find pretty cool recipes out there. And, uh, well, we just make some stuff up. And uh, well, by we, I stand around and keep asking, what can I do, what can I do? And yeah, generally be a pain in the ass, but it's the moral support that counts. That's where the real cooking is, so yeah. So what this does, not just does it streamline a whole lot of things, uh, it takes that decision fatigue out. The decision's already made. What are we doing for dinner? Go look at the board. No, don't change the plan. Why? You don't need to change the plan. Changing the plan requires more brain power. Sticking to the plan is easier. So once that intent has been clarified, this is what I'm going to eat today, barring an exception, okay? And, and by an exception, I mean a real exception. There's a fire at work or at home and you don't have time to cook. And these don't happen, these happen say once a month. Barring an exception, we stick to it. So how healthy I eat over a week, how stress-free and more importantly, annoyance-free that process is hinges on this hour. We get this hour right, a lot of things go real well over the week. So, Carve out this hour or half hour or whatever it is. And if you already have a process for this, amazing. 
I would love to hear from you, so I don't need to reinvent things. So I would love to hear how I can do better already with this. So, but to me, this is the most impactful hour or, or all across the week, more than my training, more than anything I do, this hour impacts my health and fitness more. I hope you find this useful. Let's move on to the second thing, which I did start doing last week, which was three quotes. And well, I found three more quotes this week, which I really just wanna talk about. The first one, uh, I'm gonna butcher the name, but let's get the quote right at least. If you wanna build a ship, don't drum up the people to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast, endless sea. Antoine de Saint Exupery. How to motivate people? That's something that, that I think about because whatever I am trying to teach, in the end it comes down to I'm trying to teach you to fall in love with fitness. Okay, I'm not trying to teach you strength work. I'm not trying to teach you to squat. Sure, that's, that's what it actually looks like, but I want you to fall in love with fitness. And I want you to learn a few fundamentals so that you don't have to take any bullshit from anyone ever. Five years from now, 10 years from now, you walk into a gym and somebody tells you, uh, you need to do crunches. You should know that they have no idea what they're talking about and you can tell them to walk away. Or rather, you walk away and go find a better gym. Or if somebody tells you, don't deadlift because it hurts your back, uh, yeah, walk away. They don't know what they're talking about. But anyway, how do I teach people not just to squat more, but how do I get you to fall in love with fitness? Because once I do, amazing things happen for you. It just does. I fell in love with fitness and that led me down this journey. Now I could have gone down a hundred paths. I just walked down this path. So it's not that there is only one right answer. Well, as long as it involves strength training, you're mostly on the right answer. But whatever works for you, that's the right answer. Whatever gets you walking towards your health, that's the right answer. So this is just something I, I think about a whole lot. Teach them to earn for the fast endless sea. The second quote, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. Bruce Lee. Um, this one's simple. It's brilliant. And honestly, it's not something that uh, clicked until, until I picked up uh, uh, reading Bruce about, I want to say, 10 years ago. He's, he, he's, he has a lot of profound uh, things to say. I love reading, reading his work. 
what I learned from this and what I continue to learn from this one line is even in how to read a book better. I don't have to agree with everything. In fact, I can disagree with 99% of the things a book says, but if I can take that one core idea or that one thing that clicks in my head or in my context and discard everything else and suit it to come up with a better answer for me, that's it. That's all it is. Previously, I would try to you know, get the whole thing. Oh, that whole thing has to fit. No. The author is coming with their own personal opinion, their prejudice, their life experience. So it will not ever mirror mine. So absorb what is useful. Discard what is useless. Add what is your own. And the final one, another name I'm going to butcher. Here's the quote. I find for myself that my first thought is never my best thought. My first thought is always someone else's. It's always what I've already heard about the subject, always the conventional wisdom. It's only by concentrating, sticking to the question, being patient, letting all parts of my mind come into play that I arrive at an original idea. By giving my brain a chance to make associations, draw connections, take me by surprise. This one's by a gentleman named William Deracy Wicks. Again, this one, until I read this. I mean, many of these things are things you know you already know, but you need somebody way smarter, way more eloquent than you to spell it out. And then you're like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted to say, but you said it better. Yeah, like this guy. So anytime I read a book or listen to a podcast, I always jot down ideas. And many times I'm just regurgitating their idea. And sometimes it's great. It's just a simple matter of converting uh, into my context for it to work for me. But the really good ideas, and I've had, unfortunately, just one or two, well, let's say fortunately, I've had one or two good ideas. They come when I let my brain play with it subconsciously. I've taken in an idea and I keep tossing about without thinking about it. Um, again, Bruce Lee talks about the art of uh, thinking by non-thinking. I genuinely feel I don't understand what it is except there's actually an occasion where I seem to have done it. So maybe that's what it is, but I'm digressing. So by giving my brain a chance to make these random connections and take this leap of thought and come back in, that's when I've ingested an idea and made something with it. Otherwise, I'm just saying the same thing somebody way better than me already said. And what's the point? There isn't much. Instead, just 
No, do what he said. You don't need to say it in your own words. His words are most probably, at least for me, uh, yeah, their words are way better. Anyway, I hope you uh, found these quotes useful. And uh, I would love to hear from you if you have a uh, favorite quote. The final thing for today, how do you make time for this fitness habit? Well, let's start at the start. I'm a huge Kill Bill fan. What does that have to do with anything? Well, you know the scene about first things first. Wiggle your big toe. Well, that's, that's where it starts. The best diet or the best training plan in the world can't do anything if you don't go to the gym. It's that simple. Or if you don't follow the plan. So, show up. Okay? It's, well, it's pretty much all there is but then once you show up, you gotta, well, actually show up. But let's get there later. So, I'm gonna get you to show up. We're gonna just go with a very, very simple linear progression to get you to show up. Life will get in the way. We are impatient when we start. Like, say, January, I'm going to lose uh, 20 kilos and I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to walk every evening. Sooner or later, that amazing spurt of energy and willpower runs out. It just does. Either life gets in the way or results slow down or a combination of everything and it just becomes hard. So we end up stopping. We end up going back to zero. So here's the first principle that you need to remember. Never go to step zero. Never go to stopping everything. Even a little. And you define little. I've defined little as 15 minutes. You define it as one push-up, which is going to take you one second. You define it as whatever you want, but do not go back to zero. Because I am a big believer in process and effort over results. Uh, just so we're clear, I struggle with this constantly. So I, I constantly keep telling this to myself because way smarter, than, uh, way smarter people than me have said so, and I have felt the benefit of it in a few places mostly uh, uh, lifting weights. So I know it to be true, especially in places where it hasn't happened. I just know, keep putting in the effort. So it's stuff I keep telling myself. So what does effort mean in terms of fitness? Well, time, okay? So I have eight steps. You're gonna start by figuring out what step you are at. That's gonna be simple. How many minutes have you spent dedicated to your fitness routine over the last month per week? Okay, you can average it out if you want or just find this number. Some guidelines, don't skip a step. 
spend at least two weeks per step. More is fine, less, not so much. Stay patient. And you move on to the next step when you're able to hit 80% compliance at least. You don't have to be 100%, but it's a great bar to set if you're ready for it. But I'll give you 80. So here's the simple effort progression, okay? Step one, 15 minutes a day, three days a week. That's it. That's 45 total minutes a week. Step two, 15 minutes per day, seven days a week. That's one hour, 45 minutes over the entire week. Step three, 30 minutes a day for three days, 15 minutes a day for the other four. We are at two and a half hours for the total week. Step four, 30 minutes a day, seven days of the week. That's three and a half hours. Step five, 45 for three and 30 for four. We are at four hours and 15 minutes. Step six, an hour for three days and half hour for the other four days. Yeah, we're at five hours. Step seven, an hour for three days and 45 minutes for the other four. We're at six hours. Step eight, an hour a day. That's seven hours. One more time. Two weeks per step. You calculate which step you're on. And here is the key. They can be in between steps, sure. That's up to you. If you know what you're doing, sure, take those in between steps. But this is a very reasonable progression. You should stop at whatever step is right for you. Just to be clear, I am not at step eight. There are a few months of the year when I can dedicate that kind of time. But currently, I'm at about three days a week where I have an hour, two days a week where I have about 45 minutes, and two days a week where I have about 15 minutes. Okay? So you figure out what that total amount of time that works for you is. You can always take a step back when you need to. And then you can take a step forward when you need to. So crazy month at work, two steps back. Easy month, or you got everything going on well, two steps. But take that time. Put in two weeks. There are hundreds of formulations and combinations. Okay? So don't, don't get clustered by all of it. Stick to the eight steps until you know better. But, and I'm going to reiterate this, the biggest takeaway out of this is there is no step zero. Never go back to zero. And I almost never say never. But here, never. Never go to zero. Keep a little bit of effort going, okay? It matters. 
it does change things. Especially at that time when you think, oh my gosh, shit is insane right now. I just don't have the time for it. That's especially when you need it. A lot of my students talk about how that one hour when they come into class, either virtually or physically, that's when they really get this time to themselves. Otherwise, the rest of the day is a blur. So this 15 minutes, whether it is walking or whatever it is you're doing, find your oasis, find your ocean of calm, and you'll be recharged a little bit at least. It matters. So do not go to step zero. And this effort, once you've created the time for it, then you can figure out more complex things to do that. At the beginning, do whatever is the most accessible thing. Walking, for example. Don't overthink it. Just walk. And if you do this, and let's say you're starting off at step zero, right? By the middle of December, you'll be done with step two. Come Jan 1st, 30 minutes for three days a week and 15 minutes for the four other days. By the time Pongal rolls around, you have half hour of activity daily. And by the time Feb rolls around, you can, you would have created time to strength train for an hour, three days a week and go on a walk the other four days for 30 minutes or do yoga or swim. Isn't that crazy? You just need to stay patient for about three months. There's no rush to get things done in January. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Effort over results. Well, that's it from me. Thank you for listening and make it, making it uh, till the end. This is Coach AA signing off, and I'll see you next week. Bye.